All right. Good morning and a happy new year. Um, I'm saying that because I have actually seen most of you since the new year started because I've been on a six-week sabbatical, which is really awesome, and I'm incredibly thankful that the elders of our church give uh, full-time pastors a chance to get away every few years and just recuperate and everything else. So, um, yeah, so this is my first Sunday back up here, and so I wanted to say happy new year, but I also wanted to say happy new year um, to all of you who celebrated Chinese New Year this last week. Um, it was the Lunar New Year, and so if you were part of that ethnicity, you were part of those cultures, uh, then a happy new year to you for Chinese New Year as well. All right, uh, this year, uh, we, well, today, we are launching um, uh, really this new year of ministry ahead of us. Um, and I wanted to come back to uh, the Multiply vision that we launched at the beginning of last year. Um, this time last year, I stood up here and shared a brand new long-term vision that we'd been working on as a leadership really for the next 15 years that we called Multiply. And what I shared uh, last year was that over the next 15 years, what we want to see is God multiplying his grace uh, through us to a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of ways. And we had a number of kind of ways we kind of um, thought that through really in what these next 15 years might look like. We want to multiply, first of all, the number of missionaries. And by that, we're not talking about missionaries going to the ends of the earth, but we're talking about us, all of us, taking ownership of this idea that God has called us, if we're a follower of Jesus, to take his message of good news to the people in our spheres and in our worlds and in our families and across the street and in our workplaces. And so part of this multiplied dream over these next 15 years is that God would multiply the number of people in our church who are excited about taking this message of Jesus to others. As a result of that, our dream is that we will see multiplying numbers of people coming to faith in Jesus that, that would add um, to the ethnic diversity of our church and multiply our community impact in our local community as well. Then building on that, the dream is that we would multiply passionate disciples and followers of Jesus, as well as godly servant leaders, meaning long-term that we would be multiplying new campuses or satellite churches around Auckland and also planting churches around New Zealand. And all of this would be built on a, an increasing and multiplying dependency on God together as a church family. That's really what we're pursuing together in these next 15 years, and that's what I shared last year. And then what I said is in these next three years, so 2017 that's gone, 2018, 2019, there were four key things that we said we really wanted to go after. A, a culture of prayer and a what we're calling a discipleship pipeline and this idea of lifelong missionaries and also growing resources to make all of this happen. And last year was really focused around that first bullet point, that whole idea of a culture of prayer. And it's been really neat talking to different people through last year just about the way that God has grown us individually and corporately as a church. Um, I stood up here last year and confessed that my prayer life has always sucked. I've always struggled to pray. I've always felt guilty about my prayer life. And for me personally, last year was huge. I really felt like my my prayer life and my relationship with God grew incredibly teaching on prayer. So now my prayer life only semi-sucks rather than completely sucks. But I feel like I'm, I've been incredibly changed through these last 12 months as we've really tried to develop that. And I, I feel like this is changing in our church as well as I've talked to so many different people about how God's really just growing us 
individually, but also together in prayer. So this year then, we're looking at a new year, and so my job is to just share with you um, some of the key things that we're pursuing uh, this year. And I want to highlight four things out of all of that stuff that we really want to go after and move uh, down the field a little bit this coming year. The first of those is this idea of multiplying missionaries. This idea that all of us are called, if we're followers of Jesus, to share what a relationship with Jesus means with those around us, whether that's in our school, if we're at school, or in our workplaces, in our families, in our wider uh, families that we're in, in the neighborhoods we're in, in the gym that we go to, in the friendships that we have, all of us have a responsibility to, to tell people about Jesus. And we really want to raise the whole evangelistic temperature in our church this year. I was reading a book this year on my sabbatical by an author named Scott McConnell. And, um, and this little note in the book grabbed me. He said, in a, in a survey of 2,500 adults who attend a Protestant church regularly, and this was done by a Southern Baptist organization in America, so it's pretty solid church-going people. In this survey of 2,500 adults, he said only 46% agreed strongly with the idea that they have a personal responsibility to share their religious beliefs about Jesus Christ with others. Only 46% of committed, you know, church-going people who have a relationship with Jesus felt like, so, so less than half of the people surveyed felt like they had a responsibility to share Jesus. So in case you're wondering, that's really bad. Because it should be 100% of us. Whether or not we're actually doing it or not is a separate question. This is simply agreeing with the theological idea that if we're a follower of Jesus, part of our responsibility is to tell others about Jesus as well. And I think it just raises the, the, the reality that for many of us, this idea of sharing our faith with others is an incredibly scary thing. And yet, it's what we're called to do as followers of Christ. Jesus said these words at the end of the Gospel of Matthew in what is called the Great Commission. And it's almost his final parting words before he ascended into heaven and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, in light of that, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always to the ends of the age. And that's exactly what the apostles who he spoke to and the rest of the early Christians did through the book of Acts. That's exactly what they all did, not just the leadership, not just the apostles, but they all took that and ran. A couple of uh, decades later, the Apostle Paul would write these words, there we go, these words um, to one church in Colossae. He said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And as for you, he says, you be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. You make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you would know how to answer everyone. In other words, what Paul is saying to this gathering of believers in this little town is, hey, pray for me, pray that I'd grab opportunities, pray that I'd be bold about sharing my faith and clear as I do that, and, I, and the same for you. As you're looking for opportunities, as, as you're uh, praying, as you're making the most of, of, of chances that will, of realities that God opens up uh, for you, 
as you're engaging in conversation with people who don't know Jesus. You make the most of those opportunities as well. And so what we want to do this year is that we really want to go after this idea of just raising the evangelistic temperature in our church. That wording, the evangelistic temperature, comes from a, uh, an American pastor by the name of Kevin Harney. He's, uh, he's spoken at a number of events involving our Living Stones network of churches that we are part of, and he's authored a number of books uh, around this concept that he calls organic outreach, which simply is about ordinary people just learning to tell others about Jesus. And he raises in these books this idea of the evangelistic temperature, and he says, just imagine a scale from one to ten. So one is that you are so terrified about sharing your faith, you've never even told anyone you're a Christian. That's how scared you are. Through to 10, being you are so on fire and so excited about sharing your faith, you've already shared your faith with four people this morning on the way to church. And he says, if that's the scale, one to 10, where would you put yourself? Now, don't yell out the answer, please, but you know, where would you, what number would you give yourself? And then he says this, he says, what's most important is actually not the number you give yourself. What's most important is that wherever you are on that scale, what do you need to do to increase your temperature by one degree? What do you need to do this year to move your temperature up one notch on that scale? What does God need to do in your heart? What do you need to start thinking about um, grappling with, what do you need to start praying about to just move your evangelistic temperature one degree? And as a leadership, we're feeling like that's what we really want this year to be about. A couple of years ago, as we sat together as elders and pastors and we were dreaming up this multiply vision and praying together and, and asking God what he wanted us to do, as we looked at our church and had looked at the previous vision and thought about what are we doing well and what are we not doing well, the two key areas that we felt like we had a lot of growth to do as a church was prayer and outreach. And we've started talking about prayer and dealing with that last year, and this year it's around this idea of sharing our faith and outreach. We, we, we long to be a church that just does a, a better job of telling others about Jesus. We want to be a church where the evangelistic temperature is just going up a degree or two. And so that's what we're going after uh, this year. And so our theme this year is, uh, is this phrase we've coined, love right where you are. And it's the idea of, of wherever God has placed you, wherever God has sovereignly put you in relationships with people, in workplace, in families, in neighborhoods, in friendships, uh, in leisure activities, in teams, in clubs, wherever he's put you, what does it look like for you to love right where you are, in those environments, with those people, to look for opportunities, to be praying for lost people, to be willing to speak and share something of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we want to unpack that theme in our preaching this year in three key series. The first series we're going to kick off next week is in the Old Testament book of Jonah, hence the imagery. This was Jonah's view right before he got swallowed by the fish. But actually, Jonah is not a story about a big fish. It's a story about a God who has compassion and love for lost people and about a follower of God who doesn't share that same compassion and love. 
And so we're going to explore Jonah together starting next week and look at what it means to learn to love people right where God's placed us. After Easter, we're then just going to do a short four-part topical series that is around praying to God and praying that he would help us and teach us to love right where we are. And we're going to pray together that God would open our eyes and help us see the lost people all around us, just to recognize they're there, and then to open our heart that we would have that compassion and the love that he has. And then thirdly, that we would open our schedules and be willing to make room in our lives for those who don't know Jesus yet. And then fourthly, and this is in a crucial step, that we would open, he would open our mouths and give us courage and wisdom and grace to speak when it's appropriate and to share when it's right about our faith in Jesus. So we're going to do Jonah in terms of learning to love right where we are, and then we're going to do this little series about praying that God would help us love right where we are. And then we want to look at, look at really the practicalities of, well, what does that look like? And so the third series we're going to do is going to be in the book of First Peter in the New Testament, which really unpacks what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus in a culture in which you feel out of place and, and somewhat an alien and, and kind of separate from everyone else. And how do you live out your faith and how do you reach out with the good news of Jesus in that kind of world? That's what the people of First Peter dealt with and that's where, what we're going to explore as well. And so this whole idea of, of loving right where we are is where we want to go after this year as we pray and work on God changing our hearts and, and just raising the temperature right across our church. As part of that, by the way, we're doing a ministry launch this afternoon with all of our kids volunteers and our youth leadership teams and our community group leaders. So if you serve in one of those areas, we would love you uh, if you haven't already decided to be there, we'd love you to, to be at Katahi this afternoon from four to eight. We're serving dinner as that as well because we want to talk with those key ministry teams about what does it look like to raise the evangelistic temperature there? What does it mean to raise the evangelistic temperature in our kids' ministry so that when uh, the kids in our church or their friends who come with them come along to church and at some point, the Spirit of God is at work on them, and, and they say, I want to trust in Jesus. Can all of our kids' volunteers actually lead them in that journey? And what does it mean to just raise the temperature for them? What does it mean to raise the evangelistic temperature in our youth ministries and, and make our youth ministries a place where our teens are bringing non-Christian friends and, and hopefully exposing them to the good news? And then what does it mean for us in our community groups to just encourage each other to raise the temperature there. And we really want to make a push on community groups this year because we'd like our groups to become a place where each of us can just be encouraged by each other. I'd love to think that there were conversations going on in our church this year about, you know, what's your temperature and, you know, what's happening in terms of raising that temperature. I'd love to have community groups that are really praying with each other for lost friends and, and encouraging each other as they hear stories about a conversation or a, a way that we've managed to reach out or a new connection that's been made. We'd love to see that happening in our groups. And so if you're not part of a community group, um, I'd really encourage you to jump in. The start of the year is a great time to make that commitment and step in. Um, Robin, our worship uh, pastor, is also our group's pastor. And if you're not part of a group, 
I'd love you to come and talk to Robin at the end of the service. We've got some booklets introducing our community groups, and it'll be awesome to have you there, um, to, to hook into one and join one and, and get underway with that. Um, we're actually all, in all of our community groups this year, we're all going to start with the book of Jonah and do a series of studies and discussions together out of Jonah, all together as a church. And it would be awesome to have each of you part of that. So that's the first key thing for us this year. Um, in terms of living out the multiply vision is, is this idea of multiplying missionaries as all of us just get more enthusiastic about sharing our faith. Now, that's scary, and I know it's scary. I am not a gifted evangelism. So even though I've got a degree in theology, it still scares the living daylights out of me. But this is what we're called to. And so we just want to raise the temperature for this in our church. So I want to pause here before we jump on to the next parts of the Multiply Vision, and I've asked Robin Young to come and lead us in prayer for this. I just want us to pray about this. And Robin and, and her husband Steve lead Explore in our church and are some of the real champions in, in leadership for just sharing our faith. And so I've asked if Robin would just pray for us and commit us to God and just be at work in each of our hearts to raise the temperature right across our church. Thanks. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you did everything for us to save us. You sent your son to die for us. Thank you for that. Help us, Lord, to do everything we can to serve and obey you and to reach out to those around us. Father, we feel frightened of evangelism because we, to our shame, are afraid of what other people think of us more than what you think of us most of the time. So, Father, we just pray that we would see evangelism and witnessing to other people as a privilege. Lord, you have made us to be a part of your salvation plan, and you use us to, as, as a way of reaching out to other people. Thank you for that. So help us, Lord, to see it as a privilege, not a burden. But Lord, we really need you to guide us. We can't do this without your strength. So Lord, as a church, we ask that the ideas that we have to reach out to our community as a, as a group church, Lord, that they will be from you. They'll be clearly from you. And Lord, as individuals, help us, Lord, to have it at the forefront of our mind more than all of our other little things that we worry about. That, Lord, we would pray at the least that we would pray, at the most that we would pray, that we'd pray for the people around us, that you would guide us, that you would lead us to the people, that you would put people on our minds and our hearts to pray for, that you would make the opportunities, that open the doors, that you would give us your special wisdom to know when to keep our mouths shut and just to love and times to open our mouths and to say something. So, Lord, we are looking to you for your direction and we give ourselves to you with this, Father. Let us see your name be glorified in your grace and your mercy. Use us as individuals and use us as a church to win souls for Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Robin. So that's the first key thing that's happening this year, is, is this idea of multiplying missionaries and raising the temperature evangelistically. The second part um, of this multiply vision we really want to make some progress on this year is the idea of multiplying godly servant leaders. And uh, the area that we want to do that in is actually not in New Zealand. Um, end of last year, Roland Foreman came and had a chat with us. Uh, Roland is my father-in-law, 
But Roland Elaine have also been part of our church uh, since the very beginning and launched a few years ago a, um, a new ministry called Barnabas School of Leadership. And the idea of Barnabas School of Leadership is to be at work in the two-thirds world, the non-Western world, where the gospel is just exploding. And people are coming to faith in their thousands, and churches are being planted every day, and there are pastors around the world in the two-thirds world who have ended up in leadership roles with absolutely no training. And so the Barnabas School of Leadership is playing just a small part in offering some training to pastors while they're in the midst of ministry roles. And so they're working in three countries at the moment, in Myanmar, which is former Burma, in Nepal, at the foot of the Himalayas, and in uh, Ghana, in West Africa. So Roland and Elaine are in Ghana right now as we speak, leading one of their Barnabas schools of leadership. And the way it works is over a two-year period, they run four block courses that are simply designed for a week at a time to really train pastors in some of the basics of, of pastoral ministry and what it means to be a shepherd of people. And so that's what they're doing in Ghana right now. Um, but the gentleman next to Roland is Timon Benson. He is uh, the senior pastor of a church in Adelaide called City Reach. Uh, he actually preached to Botany Life a couple of years ago and is part of our network of churches. But City Reach has been working with Barnabas School of Leadership in Nepal. But they realized last year that actually trying to do it just by themselves is too much. They need some help. And so Timon and Roland decided they would come and approach us as to see whether we would be willing to partner alongside City Reach in helping make Barnabas School of Leadership happen in Nepal. So we've talked about that and prayed about that as a leadership, and we feel like that's something that the Lord would like us to do. And so this April, in about seven or eight weeks, I will be jumping on a plane and flying to Nepal, and I will be lecturing with Roland to about 35 Nepali pastors in terms of leadership and vision from the book of Nehemiah. I am scared stiff. I've never done anything like this. So I'm going to have someone next to me translating. I'm going to be preaching in a couple of their churches with someone translating. I don't have a clue about cross-cultural stuff, but we feel like the Lord's calling us to this, and so we're kind of going to jump in. So I'm going to go along this April and check it out and lecture with Roland and Elaine, and, and then we'll make an assessment as to whether or not we feel like maybe this is something the Lord would like us to do longer term. But it's an exciting opportunity, and we feel like what Barnabas School of Leadership is doing in Nepal and these other countries is a lovely complement to what we're already doing with our Project Thailand stuff uh, in Thailand. We're sending a team there next month, actually, um, to Thailand. And, and what's happening in Thailand is that we're working with a, another three churches in New Zealand and a group called Hill Tried Hope, where we're working way up in the northern hill country of Thailand doing humanitarian work in the villages up there, uh, helping market the coffee that they plant, putting in water um, and systems like that. And they've started two schools, and we, along with these three other Kiwi churches, we're paying the salaries of two uh, teachers in Thailand. So it kind of feels quite a nice compliment, really, that in Thailand we're doing more of this humanitarian kind of work in the name of Christ, and they're seeing heaps of people trust in Christ through that. And then in Nepal, we potentially have this opportunity that we now want to explore of maybe training pastors and church planners as well. So it feels really cool, and it feels like it's a, a real lovely fit with this part of the multiply vision of multiplying godly servant leaders. So 
that's a new thing for this year and pretty exciting. And so I'm going to, I've asked KK Leong if he would come and just pray for this. KK is one of our elders, although he's on a sabbatical break from eldership this year to give him a rest. Um, but he is also on the board of Barnabas School of Leadership. And so I've asked KK if he would just really pray about this next part of the, the Multiply Vision. Please uh, join me in praying for this uh, exciting work that God is doing through BSL. Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you that we are gathered here. And the only reason we are gathered here is to worship you, to praise your name, to remember that you are our good, good Father. Father, we want to just commit the BSL into your hands. We thank you for the work they are doing training leaders in uh, Nepal, in Myanmar, and Ghana. Father, we just want to uh, bring to you all the training modules and the mentoring sessions that they are going to have, that each one of them will truly train up these leaders to be Christ-centered leaders for you, who in turn will train up other leaders so that there will be a great number of leaders leading your church in this country. Father, we pray right now for Roland and Elaine who are in Ghana. Father, we just want to pray for their safety. We pray for their health, that you'll be with them throughout this week as they teach module two. Father, we want to pray for the feeling of your Holy Spirit uh, in Roland as he teach and that as he spend time with the leaders, that uh, through it, they will truly uh, encourage and build up these leaders. So Lord, we just uh, commit this work to you. We pray that you would uh, make it flourish. We pray that you would strengthen it so that your name may be glorified and your kingdom may be expanded. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, KK. Right, so we are multiplying missionaries this year as we just raise the evangelistic temperature and love right where we are. And we're multiplying godly servant leaders um, as we start to partner in Nepal with Barnabas School of Leadership. The third out of four parts of this multiply vision that I want to talk to you about today is, is this piece about multiplying new campuses and churches. This was the part of our 15-year vision that we, we felt like was a, a fair way away, six, seven, eight years away before we would be in a position to, to do this and start looking at either starting some satellite campuses of, of Botany Life in other parts of Auckland or plant churches elsewhere in New Zealand. But God has been at work in this last year, and so we have got to the point where we have brought this forward to year two instead. And so part of what this year is about for our church is that we are looking to plant our first satellite church. So I'm excited to tell you today that we are going to be planting our first satellite church in Hastings under the leadership of Harataki and Shona Manahira. Harataki and Shona have been part of our church since the very beginning. Uh, he was the first new elder that the foundation elders brought into leadership alongside us. And they've served in most leadership roles in our church, uh, basically along the way. But they're originally from Hawke's Bay, and they have always had a heart one day to go back there and to start a church, especially among the poor, um, that would just really reach them with the love of Christ. There's been two challenges with that. One is that God keeps bringing them north, 
um, away from the bay over the last 20 years. And the other challenge has been how on earth do you do that when they work full time and there's all of these needs? How does that happen? And what we've seen over the last year is God just kind of providing the answers uh, to that. Um, Harataki and Shona have been wanting to go home for a while, and there have been times where they've pushed on the door to try and see if God would open that. And it's never really happened until the middle of last year when Harataki, who they both work for the Ministry of Education, he was just told, hey, there's a job going in Hastings in the Napier office. Why don't you throw your name in? And so he kind of did without really expecting anything because God had shut the door all the other times. And then all of a sudden, the door swung open and he was offered a job. And as we talked and prayed together, we all felt like this was God opening the door for him to head home. And uh, Shona has stayed up in Auckland through the rest of last year and to finish up here, but she finished her job on Friday. And they're jumping in a car as a couple this afternoon to head back uh, to the bay together. And so it feels like God has, has finally answered their prayer after 20 years to take them home. This, the big challenge for them, though, has been how do they plan a new church with full-time jobs? And it was when the Lord opened the door in the middle of last year for them to head home that Harataki sat down with me, and having been one of the elders, been part of whole, the whole thing of formulating this multiply vision, said, is there some way we can make this idea of being a multi-site church, using video teaching, can we make that work five hours away in Hastings and not just down the road somewhere in South Auckland. And so for the last six months, we as an eldership have been talking and praying and dreaming. We've met with Harataki and Shona a few times, and we have decided to push the go button on planting what we're calling a satellite church in Hastings. So I'm going to get them up in a minute, but let me give you the rundown of what this is going to look like. When we talk a satellite church, what we mean is this is not going to be an independent church that we're starting up and they're going to stand alone. We're going multi-site. And multi-site is a term that has been coined over the last 20 years or so for churches that have different congregations in different locations, but they all still work together as one church. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be one church, but with two separate congregations five hours away from each other in Botany and Hastings. It's going to have one elder board overseeing all of those uh, congregations. I'm going to be the senior pastor or lead pastor of all of those. We will have one multiply vision that we're working towards, one set of values that kind of govern how we work as a church, uh, one budget. So all of the finances for both congregations are going to be pulled together to make all of this happen. Harataki is going to serve as what we're calling the campus pastor in Hastings. So initially that will be as he does a full-time job uh, alongside Shona, but he's going to be pastoring down there and reporting back to me as the lead pastor over, these, uh, over both congregations. And uh, we are going to use primarily video teaching down there. We feel like the way that technology is now available to us, that this is a great tool for us. We already put video sermons up on the internet on our website, and so we're going to use those for the Hastings congregation. So the idea is that when it launches, it will have live worship with a live worship leader and, and so on. They'll run a full kids program. They'll start youth ministries. They'll have community groups. But most of the teaching will actually come via video from here rather than the pressure being on to be producing sermons every week. 
Harataki will preach every now and then because uh, he's a good communicator, but at least initially, most of the time, it will be the video teaching which is going to free his time and take the pressure off them as a couple um, from all of that. So there's going to be three stages to this. The initial stage starting now, stage one, is that they're going to start as a house church. I've been doing a lot of reading around multi-site over my sabbatical, and among about a few key things you need, there are two really important things that they say you really have to have in place before you launch another site. One is you have to have the right person serving as a campus pastor, and secondly, you need a core group of people around them to make it happen. Uh, we have what we believe is the right person as our campus pastor, but we don't have a core group yet. And so over the coming months, Harataki and Shona are going to begin pulling a core group of people together, just telling people and sharing the vision with people, and they're going to start meeting together as a little house church in their home, starting to watch the teaching from Botany and, and worship together and pray together and dream together until they are ready to publicly launch as a church offering a full service and everything else. That'll be stage two. So we're thinking sometime in the next six to 12 months, when they've got a core group together and they're feeling like they're ready to go, they will then start renting a school hall and start public services down there in Hastings as an extension of what we're doing here. Stage three, long term, and it may be a number of years away, is that we are planning at this stage to spin them off as an independent sister church at some point in the future. But we're not putting a period of time on that. What we want to do is just simply say, we will do that when, when they're financially sustainable, when they've got um, elders uh, to govern them as a church, when they've got a staff, when they're ready, then that'll be stage three. But that's what we're doing. What that means for us this year is a couple of uh, changes in how we operate as a church. One is we're going to be changing our legal status as a church. Right now, we're an incorporated society, which means we have formal members who vote, but that's going to be very hard to do when most of the members are in Auckland and some of the members are in Hastings. So we are planning this year to wind that up, and we're instead going to launch legally um, as a charitable trust. Um, Shaw Community Church, which is part of our network of churches, just did this a couple of years ago for completely different reasons, but they've already gone through this process. So we're going to get them to hold our hand and just walk that through uh, with us as we figure out how to do that nice and easily. The other thing that we're still considering, but we want to let you know, is that we're considering changing the name of our church from Botany Life. It's a little bit hard to get excited about your church in Hastings if it's called Botany something. Um, and we're conscious, too, that we want to go beyond this. We'd love to actually plant other satellites through South Auckland and so on. And so we are looking at, and have made a final decision, about looking at a, 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 a name change so that Botany and Hastings become the, the location name for that congregation rather than the name of the church itself. So if you've got thoughts about that, you're welcome to come to chat to us. We're thinking that through, and we'll have some kind of process to go with that. So that's what we're doing this year. Um, and it's scary and it's exciting. And thank you. I want to I invite Harataki and Shona to come up and join me here and just let them have a chance to share their heart with you. Um, I said in first service, I was talking to the staff about this this week, as I said, I've been doing a lot of reading around multi-site and what's happening and the good and the bad and so on over these, these past few weeks. 
And it's dawned on me that in all of my reading, I haven't been able to find an example of a church of our small size doing this five hours away when the main campus is in a rented facility and doing setup and pack down every week. So no one's tried to do that as far as I can tell yet. So that's what we're doing, you know, and trusting God. So, how are you feeling? Uh, uh, kia ora Harrison. <laughs> In the name of the Lord, I just want to greet you all. I just want to greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in His grace. We're just totally blown away, really. Extremely thankful, extremely blessed, extremely humbled to think that God would use a couple of Marries from Hawke's Bay. Um, I don't say that glibly. I just want to just acknowledge botany life as my whānau. I just want to acknowledge the Lord and everything that he's done. Uh, from calling us 1996 originally with, my, uh, with our spiritual mum and dad, with Roland and Elaine. Uh, when we moved to Hamilton for eight years, and then the Lord called us again to uh, Tamaki Makoto, to Auckland, to serve. And it... In acknowledging that, I just want to acknowledge my, my roots in terms of my culture, in terms of who God created in his image. I just want to acknowledge uh, my, my connection with the Open Brethren brothers and sisters from back in uh, Hawke's Bay and for the 11 years that we were able to be based in Tamarama Gospel Chapel alongside many other gospel chapels within, within sunny Hawke's Bay. Uh, we're extremely excited about what the future holds uh, for us. We are, are, are deeply thankful that Botany Life Alfano would support, uh, again, this evangelistic initiative uh, back home in the fruit bowl of New Zealand. <laughs> awesome. Now, Shona, you guys could have just gone home and hooked into a church down there and maybe put your feet up a little bit and chilled out and instead... You're wanting to take a little bit of botany life down there. What is it about botany life that makes you want to transplant this church down in the bay? Oh, um, we love botany life. Um, we love the essence of botany life, the modi, um, tihe modi ora, the ihi, the wairua, it's the spirit of botany life. We just um, the DNA of botany. Um, we love the fact that the word of God is, we take it at his word. Mm -hmm. It's systematically taught to us each week in a way, in a manner that uh, we can take something away with us. We love um, the fact that it is, a, it is a church of grace and that we can invite people here, no matter um, where they're from, what they believe, who they are, and that they are welcomed mm. here, and that they can go away and feel welcomed. Um, we've, 
we've actually seen that and delivered here at Botany to our our family, our friends, and that and you know it's it's amazing. We're not ones that turn people away because of who they are, mm. but we invite them in and allow allow the allow the spirit to work within them. Um, we love it that we go and serve out there in the community, meet their need for free. And I tell you, down there, there's a lot of um, need down there that will have to be met for free. Um, and that, that's just botany. That's what we do and we breathe. And, um, and it's hard to explain down, down there because, um, you know, we're the only two that actually know the essence of botany. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want to take with us back home with us, the essence and and that we know we, we love to take you all, but you can't. We, we, we understand that. <laughs> but, you know, we, we believe this is the way forward for mm -hmm. us. And that, so, yeah. That's cool. Um, they can take some of you. Yeah. In fact, I would encourage each and every one of you to just pray. And ask if, whether the Lord would lay on your heart to uproot yourself and go be part of something pretty cool. Just leaving that out there. Um, we're talking about church in Hastings, but you guys live in the suburb of Flaxmere, and that's kind of going to be where we're going to base this thing. Flaxmere is a bit different from Botany. Can you tell us, yeah. tell us just a little bit, bro, about some of the needs down there? Thanks, bro. Yeah, the, the needs are many. Lance will know this. Max will know it too, and some others that are here today. Uh, the poverty in, in, in our suburb areas um, are huge. At, at least maybe 50 to 60% of the people that you actually bump into, or we bump into regularly, uh, they're gang affiliated, um, they're drug dependent. Uh, there's a huge infestation of methamphetamine within our communities, um, within our suburbs, within our marae settings. We, Shane and I, obviously have a close connection. There are 12 marae down there on the Heratonga Plains and Hastings and Napier itself. And even there, this is just, it's, it's just a valley of bones. There's a spiritual, it's spiritually desolate there. I mean, the needs are varied in many ways. You can't move home and actually just watch from the sideline and you can't just kind of get your hands dirty and go out and wash them and it's all good. You, you'll actually be getting dirt right underneath your fingernails. But you know God is able. Uh, nothing's impossible to him. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. I mean, he brought a couple of brown fellas out into a white kind of environment back in 1997. Whilst I was finishing a, a teaching diploma and a degree, God called us into a really uncomfortable situation and environment for myself, being Māori and being brought up on a village. But nothing's impossible to him. And if he calls you, do what we do. Just say, here we are, Lord, send us. And for 21 years and one month, we've been doing that, and yet our heart's been hungering for home for many years. Uh, there's a lot of dysfunction back home in terms of relationships. Um, there's a lot of cultural disconnection. There's a lot of practical needs in terms of education, in terms of health. And so the opportunities there are fantastic. 
I mean, I love it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm able to be amongst... We've actually got outcasts. We've got a gang called Outcasts in Napier. We've got 15 different mongrel mob gangs in Hastings and Napier and Waipak, which our whanau are all part of. Um, we've, we have family who are drug dependent. Uh, we have family's friends who are drug dependent. And the opportunities there are fantastic. And all we are challenged with now is going and just do, do what Jesus did, right? Jesus just walked amongst them. You know, the, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, touched the hem of his garment. There's desperately needy people in Heratonga and Hastings and Napier. And so we look forward to the opportunities that God will provide for us underneath the banner of Botany Life Community Church and many other Christian and non-Christian friends and organisations that are in this waka. Because we're just blown away by the opportunity underneath the mana of Botany Life Community Church to actually move in this initiative that God is making happen. And so it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm... I'm <laughs> I, I love it. I'm so excited. It's just, you can just, you know, like, okay, you get, stop, stop preaching, God's bro. taking you from, from one environment to the other. <laughs> and to think that you guys would partner with us in that, we couldn't do it without you, honestly. Hmm. That just ain't going to happen. That's awesome, bro. Um, so we've talked about gathering a core group of people around you, which is the key thing to happen in this first stage. You started talking to a few people. What was the response been like? Yeah, we have. We've started talking to just a few. Um, and, you know, we've, we've shared our hearts and where we believe the Lord might take us and the vision of starting a church um, with, our, with our family first. And, um, yeah, they're excited. Mm-hmm. They just want us to start one. We've shared it with um, a neighbour um, and, and who we know hasn't been going anywhere to church. And he just said, look, that bring me up when it's, when it's time. We've shared it with a counsellor, uh, one of the counsellors back down there, and he said, bro, I'm with you. Let's, let's get our hands, hands dirty some more together. Mm. So, so the people, we, yeah, and we're just excited that we can go home today and, and really start <laughs> saying, yes, this is us, this is what we're doing, this is what, you know, this is awesome. in the pipeline. I've, I've gagged them until this today so that you guys hear before anyone down there. So, yeah, so now you can yeah, tell people. Now we can, now we can go forth. Awesome. No. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going to get the elders and pastor couples to all come up in a minute um, and pray, but can you just tell us, Harataki, going forward, what are some of the key things we need to be praying for you guys as we go forward with this? Yeah, please, uh, please pray for protection because... The devil is real, like, and, and he's powerfully, he's, he's, he's like pumping down there. He honestly is. And you see it within our suburbs, within our streets. You see it in lower socio, middle and upper class socioeconomic areas. The devil's very much alive. Uh, it's, it's a spiritual battle back home. Um, there's a lot of other issues, like I'm so looking forward to partnering uh, with, with other brothers and sisters that, that have been there for, for many generations even but that you would pray that even partnerships within the communities of Hastings, Napier, that there'll be a unity amongst the, amongst the churches, mm. that will be a place that actually would love right where we are, that we would actually show more grace. It's the one thing I've learned 14 years here. The Lord's just taught me what grace actually is. 
you know, rather than just smacking them over the head with it, you know? It's about actually being gracious and that the Lord will enable us to be patient, to display the fruits of the Spirit and the things that, we, that He wants us to do. Love, joy, peace, all of those things. But that we would love them unconditionally just like Jesus loved us and gave Himself for us and that the Lord will not only uh, protect us and give us everything that we need, but that He'll protect our marriage. By God's grace today, we stand by his grace. How we've even survived these last six months together sucked. That, that really sucked, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we've never done that. But in his grace, may he help me to be more thankful for this lovely, bouncy little lady that he gave me like just about 40 years ago. And that through <laughs> that, the Lord will actually move in, the, in our iwi, in Māori them. Hmm. We have a rich history, like honestly, we have a rich history. 404 years ago, Jesus showed up. We went to Ohia Bay. Four years ago. And he wants to do that again, Max. He wants to bring the gospel to those people back home. So who am I to say no? Who are we? We just want to continue to be faithful, yet to be clear and to be loving, and to think that God will grace us with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to partner in that today. It just blows me away. So please continue to remember us as you kneel in glory to his name and praying for us, because we will definitely need it. We love you. I acknowledge my family today. My dysfunctional whānau, my kids, my grandkids. But that's life, you know. But you know, God's going to do some great things through us. He's always wanted to do that. And here we are, Lord, send us. Let's get out of the boat and walk on the water. Kia ora tātou katoa. Awesome. Can I ask any of the elders and pastors, couples that are here, I just want to come forward and we want to um, just lay hands on these guys. Forward again, and I've asked uh, Andre, as the chairman of our elders, to just pray for this new church and this new venture that God would go ahead of us and make it happen. And I've asked my lovely wife Rochelle to just uh, lead us in prayer for Harataki and Shona personally as well. So we want to lay hands on them today and commission them to this work and um, and commit it to the Lord. Let us pray, Father. We acknowledge that you are God of this world, this universe. You are the creator. You created us. And yet, Lord, we've managed to turn our backs on you. We've thumbed our noses to you. And yet through all of this, you still love us. To the point, Lord, that you sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Father, as this couple goes to Hastings, we pray, Lord, that you will prepare the path ahead of them. We know you have already started. We pray, Lord, that you will touch the hearts of the people, that you will raise godly men to support Harataki and Shona. Father, we pray for a movement within Hastings, a revival, a coming back to you, and an acknowledgement that you are God, the true God, the only God. So we pray for you, Lord, to go ahead. Amen.
And God, we come before you today and want to thank you for this beautiful couple that we are surrounding today. Thank you that they are friends. Thank you especially that they are whānau. And we come and commit them to you. Lord, would you just help them as individuals and as a couple? Lord, may they remain connected to you and realise that apart from you, they can do nothing. Lord, I pray for strength for all the needs that they're going to be meeting. I just pray that you would give them strength for that. I pray that you would give them incredible wisdom and discernment um, as they, whatever they encounter. Lord, I pray for courage to stand out and live for you. And Father, I pray that you would protect their marriage from the evil one. Lord, keep them solid together um, and putting you first. Lord, we commit them to you. Yahweh, would you bless them and keep them? Mm. Would your face shine on them and be gracious to them? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. All right, we're almost there on this hot day. So this year, we want to multiply missionaries across our church as we just raise the evangelistic temperature here in all of our lives. And we want to multiply godly servant leaders in Nepal as we partnership, uh, partner with Barnabas School of Leadership. And we're multiplying by planting our first satellite church uh, in Hastings. The last part of this that I just want to share is, is one of the four things that we said we want to do in these next three years is grow the resource or multiply the resources we need to make this happen. And this Hastings venture has, because it's come like six or eight years earlier than we were thinking, has actually just raised um, the financial need for us for this year quite significantly. And so the last part of this um, vision for this year is about multiplying the financial resources to make it happen. And so today I'm launching what we're calling the Multiply Project. We don't talk about money a lot, and we try not to put pressure on at all because we believe that our giving is between us and the Lord in response to his grace in our lives. But we want to bring this need to you today and leave it with you for this year. What we would like to do, the Multiply Project, is a, a challenge, a goal, for us to raise uh, an additional $100,000 over and above our normal giving this year. It's because of some of the significant things we're doing this year out of our Multiply Vision that we've just, we're incurring some bigger items that we hadn't been planning on. And so this is what we would like to do, Lord willing. If you're able to help with some of this, I'm going to outline this now, then that's wonderful. If you're not able to do that, then please, that's completely fine. We are a church of grace. But what we want to do is um, raise money for a few things. One is the startup expenses um, for Hastings. When you launch a church, there's always startup costs to it. When we launched Botany Life 14 years ago, a church in America that we'd been part of called Christ Fellowship basically gave us the seed money to buy everything that we needed, from sound equipment to musical gear to kids' stuff to computers and printers. And so that's the kind of equipment we're going to need when we get to stage two of, of actually launching publicly as a church. So there's some significant costs there. There's also going to be some costs in upgrading our video equipment. So we've got video equipment at the back there now, a couple of cameras and a mixing desk and so on. And they work fine for throwing video sermons up on 
the internet onto our website, but they're not good enough quality to actually record and throw um, a video up onto a large screen uh, for a church uh, for the satellite in Hastings. And so we're going to need to upgrade that equipment at the back here. Uh, probably that's going to be the first thing we're going to need to invest in. There's going to be some legal costs around the restructuring of our church, and if we do decide to change our name, there's going to be some quite significant rebranding costs in terms of signs and business cards and, and all that kind of stuff. There's also the expenses for the Barnabas School of Leadership in Nepal, especially if we continue that going forward beyond this year. And then part of this is that we have also um, been really keen in this three-year run to hire a youth pastor here, and the elders really feel strongly that we would love to make that happen by the end of this year. And so part of this 100000 will go into a salary fund to hire a youth pastor and get that finally happening here for us. And so, again, if you're not able to contribute to that, if you already give whatever you can give, um, that's completely fine. But if that's something that the Lord has placed on your heart, and if any of these parts of what we're doing this year excite you, we'd, we'd love to encourage you to think about what you may be able to give this year over and above your normal giving. And that may be through just some additional gifts, through if you're in business or work, that you get bonuses and you'd like to donate a little bit of that, um, or tax rebates. We have just a handful of people in our church who re-donate their tax rebate back to church. Rochelle and I have done that for a few years. And we don't give our whole tax rebate. We keep the, church, uh, the, the school donation part out for us to pay the next school donation. Um, but the part we've given to church, we, we just turn around and donate that back because we feel like we've already given that back to God. So if the government wants to give it back to us, we'll give it back to God again. But very few people in our church do that. And I was looking at the figures for last year, and if we all did that, and that's all we did, we'd raise $160,000 for the Multiply Project. And so when you put it in those kind of terms, then potentially this is quite doable. So this is our, our challenge for this year. And um, what we're doing is we've set up a separate suffix account in our bank accounts. So the only change is the suffix at the end, the O2 account. And we're just going to make that available. We'll put that in the bulletin from next week. And we'll just record there month by month how that account is growing in terms of just giving to make all of these things happen. And um, we're just praying that if this is something that you're excited about and hear about what we're doing as a church, if you have an opportunity at some point through the year to give a little bit more than, than your ordinary giving, then we'd love you to, to be part of that to help make all of these things happen. That's multiply, guys. That's what 2018 is looking like for Botany Life. And I am incredibly excited. I get excited every single Vision Sunday about the vision for the new year. But I am more excited and more scared this year than I have ever been. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, I'm scared about sharing my faith and I'm scared about going to Nepal. I'm scared about losing my friends and stepping out to do this multi-site thing that we've never tried before. But it's making me pray even more. And that really is what we need to do. Growing a culture of prayer was not just last year. We now need to continue that journey. So the final thing I just want to share is that next week we have our first nightlife gathering. Nightlife is what we do four times a year on a Sunday night. We gather at Katahi, time of worship and celebration. That's when we do baptisms in our church. But next week, we've just made the theme for our first nightlife gathering for this year. We've made the theme pray. We just want to make it an, an evening of worship and prayer. 
As we pray for, for Hastings, pray for Harataki and Shona, pray for the evangelistic temperature in our church, pray for church planning pastors in Nepal. Just pray that God would be at work in us. And if you're available next Sunday night, we'd love to have you come and be part of that next week. Guys, I wonder if you'd join me and just stand, and I want to just commit this year to God and commit us as a church family to him and pray that he'd be at work uh, in our lives this year. Father, we want to come to you today, our Abba, our Papa, as your adoptive sons and daughters in this church whānau. We want to say thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you that you have saved us, those of us who have trusted in Jesus, you've saved us through him, utterly by grace. But Lord, you've given us the responsibility to share that, to share that good news, that message of grace. And Lord, most of us are dead scared about it. Lord, would you do something in each of us this year? As we think about what it means to love right where we are, would you just be at work in our hearts to change us, to grow us, to stretch us in ways we haven't been stretched before, to be ready to share the message of love, the message of Jesus to people you bring into our lives. God, we want to pray for Nepal. Thank you for the pastors and churches there that are growing uh, with your gospel like crazy. Thank you for Roland and Elaine and the work of Barnabas School of Leadership. We pray your protection on them in Ghana right now. Father, we want to bring again Harataki and Shona to you as we step out together as one church uh, to plant the satellite in Hastings. As we support them and love them, would you gather around them an incredible core of people over these coming months? And as we launch a church, Jesus, would you bring lots of broken people to you? God, as we look at this, the financial needs of making all of this happen this year, we just bring the Multiply Project to you and pray that you would bring the money we need to do all of this, whatever quantity that needs to be. God, we just pray that this year, once more, we would also grow in prayer as we come to you and look to you to lead us as a church family. God, more than anything, we ask that you would glorify yourself through us. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen.